You're listening to. You're listening to. You're listening to. You're listening to. The Life Tree Community Church Podcast. All right. I want to invite you to turn to uh, Genesis chapter 12. If you have those uh, soft cover Bibles that are in the seats there, you can feel free to, uh, to read one of those. If you don't have a Bible and you'd like a Bible, you can feel free to take one of those. Uh, those are uh, our gift to you. Feel free. Um, please don't take the hardcover Bibles. They're not ours. <laughs> uh, we just rent this uh, facility from the Seventh-day Adventist Church. So they're here on Saturdays. We're here on Sundays. So those are theirs. Please don't take them. They will send us a bill. Um, but uh, no, they won't. But they, I don't know, they might. I don't think they would. But uh, either way, the soft cover Bible is there for years. We'll be using those. It's a different translation. It's just a little bit different wording. So I'll be reading out of that one um, in a few minutes. The past few weeks, we've been spending time reflecting on Isaiah chapter 43, which is uh, this. You see over here, something new is sort of our theme for this year. Something we felt like God sharing with us for this year from Isaiah, uh, that God wants to do something new in us and and through us this year. And we've really kind of just took that apart this, this, the last few weeks, the last month of January, just said, what does that really mean? And, um, you know, it, we recognize that when we hear, you know, something new, it's not always what we expect it to be. You know, it doesn't always mean like new car. It doesn't always mean like, you know, new job, new things. Something new has so many different applications. We don't always know what it is. God said he's already started it. We don't know what it's going to be. We can trust that it's going to be good. But when we, the point is that when we hear the voice of God calling us, right, frozen, remember, the voice calling you out into the deep, right? If you hear the voice of God, respond, because he's got something new and something good for you, right? And it's worth, it's worth pursuing because it's better than where you are right now. He's going to lead you into places. They might look like wastelands. They might look like wildernesses, but it's going to be better because he makes rivers, right, in the wasteland, and he makes pathway, right, through those things. And so together we've been walking through those and I've heard from many of you over the past few weeks that God is doing something new in you. Like I've, I've heard stories, people just say, hey, you know, it's crazy. This is happening in me, and God's doing something new, and God's doing and, and this is the way it's, or I've, I kind of sense it, I smell it, I don't know what it is yet, but I, I have a feeling. Like I've heard from many of you that this is happening. Um, and for, for some of you, it's been very clear signs. For others, it's just, you know, just a feeling. Um, but this morning, I've actually asked one of those people to share their story with you. Before we really get started, I want to, I want to invite them up. Uh, many of you know uh, Shana Siakio. She has served our church as our administrator for the past four years, and she's done an excellent job. She's full of love and passion. If you know Shana, she's uh, she's man, she's a she's a force of nature, and uh, she's she's fantastic. Got her two little boys running around. You should see them all over the place. Um, and she's married to Tony. He's wearing a Giants, so we're good there. All good, Tony. Good job. Um, and uh, we're grateful for much of what she's done. Most of what Shana does is behind the scenes, so many of you probably won't see her because she's not on the platform doing things. But she's done a lot. And um, we've been talking over the past few months, and she's heard a voice calling to her. And um, she's living out this something new right now, and she's choosing to let God guide her steps, even though she doesn't necessarily know where it's going. Um, and I just want to say before she comes up that we don't always need to wait until after it's done to give a testimony. We don't always need to wait till it's over and we know everything. Sometimes it's really impactful and powerful to hear about people who are walking through it in the middle of it, right? And so she's there now, and so I'm just going to invite Shana to come on up and just share, as she says, just part of her story of what God is doing. Now, here we go. Thank you, Pastor Kevin. Thanks, guys. So I actually just wanted to give some of you a quick background of my story um, for those of you who may not know. 
So about five years ago, I was facing a really horrible time in my life. Um, I had never, ever had a relationship with God. I was six months pregnant, and I had just been told that my baby was very sick, that he was probably not going to make it. So in one instant, I had planned out this future, right? I had seen it, and it was gone. But it was also that same night that I heard God's voice for the first time. And hearing from God in that terrible time and listening to him eventually led me to come here. It led me to a relationship with God. It led me to this amazing church family, best friends I could ever ask for, and my boys. But God gave me something else that night, and that was a calling on my life. And it took four years from that time, actually, to discern what it was. And that calling is to care for other people who are going through really hard times. And I really want to commit my life to that. And I know God's been telling me it's time for something new. But it's hard, right? Because being the administrator for this church is so awesome and it's such an honor. And to be honest, there's a part of me that, like, really wants to hold on tight and not let go because it's comfortable. Um, but the truth is God is saying, no, it's time for a new season. And really being an admin is just one part of what I do here at Life Tree. You know, this church is my home. You guys are my home. So I'm always going to be part of ministry work and everything I'm doing here. And one of the quotes that I love, Pastor Dan has said it before, it's like one of those quotes you love that you feel like could apply to other people but not yourself. You're like, that's really good, but it also applies to you. It says, Sometimes the pathway to your greatest potential is often through your greatest fear. And I, I have no idea what this looks like. It's really scary. It's actually one of my greatest fears. But God knows, right? Like God knows everything. So he's telling me to take the first step and trust him. And I have to walk that path with him. And God is so good, right? Right? So I just want to tell you, something new is not just a nice message that we listen to Pastor Dan talk about, go home on a Sunday, have lunch, and not let it apply to our own selves. But instead to say, God, I trust you in the wilderness, and I trust you in the wasteland. And I trust what you have done for me in the past is nothing. It's nothing compared to what you're going to do for me in the future. And sometimes I trust the next chapter of my life because I trust the author. So I'm just up here to tell you this promise is for you too. It is for every single one of us. And that's why I'm standing up here, interrupting Dan's sermon, because I want to encourage all of you to do exactly the same thing. To let go when he tells us to let go and take that step, even if we have no idea where we're going. Because when we really think about something new, It's not always something known, right? And I just wanted to thank you so much and tell you how overwhelmed I am with gratitude for the privilege and the opportunity to serve all of you and to be a part of this amazing church. So thank you. I love you guys. Just stay for a minute. Just stay for a minute. Stay one minute. There you go. Stay a minute. It's all good. It's all good. We're just going to pray for Shana real quick. And, uh, yeah, I just appreciate what, you know, she's done for our church. And 
it's evident that God's doing work in her life. We've talked, we've we spent a lot of time together in in our offices and just sharing through the years. And God's obviously cultivating something in her and not sure what that next step is, but this is this is faith lived out right here. This is courage, being willing to follow that. Say, okay, God, whatever that is, I trust. I trust you that it's better and I can't stay here. Right? Just staying here because at least this is known, isn't so I just really appreciate that about Shana. And uh, so would you just enjoy, would you invite you just to join me in praying for Shana, that whatever this next season is, right, that God goes before her, grants her favor and blessing and makes it, and continues to make it clear and really do join with her in believing that the best is yet to come for her, for her family, and uh, for all those around her. So would you join me in just praying for Shana this morning? Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for how you put us all together. God, you call us and make us each unique. And you've given Shana, Lord, just giftings and abilities. And for the last four years, she's been able to serve our church with those gifts. And so grateful for how you've used her in that way. And God, now you're speaking again. And Lord, we're just living this out. We don't know what it's going to become, but we trust, Lord, that what you have been shaping and forming in her will only serve to enable her to do more for your kingdom in this next chapter. Lord, bless her. Bless Tony, bless their children. Lord, bless this home and this family. Lord, let them continue to see your goodness. Let them continue to hear your voice. Lord, walk before them. Give them the ears to hear you and the eyes to see you. I thank you so much for all that she has done, Lord. I ask you to bless them abundantly, Lord, beyond what they can ask or imagine, Lord, as they walk forward and trust you every step of the way. It's in your name that we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Shana. Let's get up for Shana, please. Really do appreciate uh, all that she's done and, and that example. Um, and what we're going to look at this morning is actually a very similar, a very similar story. Um, we're going to look at people who had that same calling into something new, um, and they didn't know what that was going to look like. So uh, this morning, in, in that Genesis passage where we're going, it's a story about Abraham and, and, and Abram and Sarai, actually, at the moment. They're, gonna, we're gonna, we're known, they're known by Abram and Sarai at this point. And uh, they had no children. Sarai had never been able to have children. Um, in that culture, their legacy was determined by descendants. They had no one to carry on their name. So this was like a big deal. Like there's a couple here that can't have kids. And there's, there's just this sense of like, wow, what, like we're, we're missing something of great loss. And it was made all the more complicated because God had made a promise to Abram uh, in Genesis 12:1. It'll be on the screen here. I think it's on there. It says this. It says, the Lord had said to Abram, leave your native country, your relatives, your father's family, and go to the land I will show you. Again, leave what's familiar and just go. Something unknown. Uh, like this is, this is what he's calling him out to. Same thing. I'm calling you to go. And I'm not telling you where. Just follow me. Like you can hear it, right? Anybody just be like, hey, we're going to move today. Where are we going? Oh, no. Like any realtors, right? Like, like there's, right? We've, we've got, you, you don't sell, right? You've got, you know, you've got contingencies, right? Well, based on, no, no, you're just going to sell and then we'll figure it out. Uh, well, that's what God's basically calling them to. Sell your house and just come. He says, I will make you into a great nation. I will bless you and make you famous and you will be a blessing to others. Right? And he continues. And he continues here. He says, I will bless those who bless you and curse those who, who curse you and those who treat you with contempt. And all the families on earth will be blessed through you. So he says, leave your home. Go where I lead you. I'll make you into a nation. Usually means people. 
and land, right, geography. He says, I will bless you. I'm going to make you famous. You'll be a blessing to others, eventually the whole world. So God makes this huge promise to Abram, like this huge promise. Like, I don't know if you could make a bigger promise to somebody. Hey, I'm going to make you famous. I'm going to make nations out of you. I'm going to give you all this stuff. You're going to bless the entire world. Big promise. Only problem was that none of it had happened yet. And now Abram's getting old. He's like, God, remember that thing you said one time about me being a blessing to, like, the world? And, and he says, I got no kids. So he tries to help God out, right? Has a, has, his, his wife can't get pregnant, so he actually has a, a child with his wife's servant. This child is named Ishmael. All right, this is, this is, uh, we know this, and years later, it's about 13 years later, we're going to pick up the story. So God makes his promise to Abraham, says, hey, leave. Abraham does it, and he's like, now 13 years in, hey, God, remember all that thing? I'm, I'm like really old now. You said kids, you know, he's got a teenager, uh, you know, it's not really my wife's kid, but it's okay. It will, we'll make this work. And God speaks to him in Genesis chapter 17, verse 1. It'll be on the screen here. It says this, when Abram was 99 years old, any 99 in the room, anybody? No. All right. That's... That's tough. Ninety-nine years old, the Lord appeared to him and said, I am El Shaddai, God Almighty. Serve me faithfully and live a blameless life. I will make a covenant with you by which I will guarantee to give you countless descendants. And Abram sitting there going, heard this before. At this, Abram fell face down on the ground and God said to him, this is my covenant with you. I'll make you the father of a multitude of nations. What's more, I'm changing your name. It will no longer be Abram. Instead, you'll be called Abraham. See, God added a ha in the middle of it. For you will be the father of many nations. I'll make you extremely fruitful. Your descendants will become many nations and kings will be among them. I will confirm my covenant with you and your descendants after you from generation to generation. This is the everlasting covenant. I will always be your God and the God of your descendants after you. And I will give the entire land, right, of Canaan, which, where you are now living as a foreigner, to you and your descendants, it will be their possession forever, and I will be their God. So just this huge promise. And here's the thing you start off realizing this, right? God told Abraham his name. He says, I am El Shaddai, which if you don't know, that means the Shaddai. No, it's not. It's not Spanish. Okay. El Shaddai is Hebrew, right? And El means, it was, a, it was one of the names for God. It means God of all power, almighty. He basically said, hey, listen, my name is, I can do anything. That's it. My name is I can do anything, right? El Shaddai, I can do anything. That's my name. So just to start, I want you to remember who's talking to you. I can do anything is telling you, right? Remember this. It's telling you, I'm going to do everything I said for you. And then God does something interesting. He says, listen, and I'm going to change your name. I told you my name. Now I'm going to change your name. Abram means exalted father. That's kind of like, you know, nice like father, like big father, good father, you know. All right, Abram. And God says, you know, I'm going to change your name to Abraham. Right? He says, no, my, yeah, he's going to say this. Now your name's going to be Abraham, right? Again, add a ha in the middle of it. And Abraham means father of multitudes. Not just father, not just high father, but father of multitudes. He says, I'm going to make your name a reminder of the promise that I made to you. He says, every time you say your name, it's going to be a reminder. What's your name? I am father of many nations. And then skip down to verse 15. And he says this, then God said to Abraham, and regarding your wife, Sarai, right, her name will no longer be Sarai. From now on, her name will be Sarah. See, he, God likes H's. He's just throwing H's all over the place. Let's just throw another H in there. All right. And I will bless her 
and give you a son from her. Yes, I will richly bless her, and she will become the mother of many nations. Kings of nations will be among her descendants. If you're going like, where is he going with this? Just trust me for a little bit. I know it's a little bit, a lot of reading story. Don't worry. We're going to go somewhere. See, Sarah and Sarai and Sarah, right? They're actually very similar names. Um, one has an I, one has an H. That's about the only difference. <laughs> There's like no real significant like, I was, like, looking into the Hebrew and, like, is there really, like, something I could pull out? No. They're pretty much the same exact name. It's not like Sarai means, you know, lonely, barren woman and Sarai, Sarah means, you know, mother of, of, of the whole world. No, it's nothing like that. It's actually just a letter difference. There wasn't much significance in there. But it is significant what God says about the name change. Right? It's just a little letter. But God says this, right? She's going to become the mother of many nations. Kings will become her descendants, right? Sarai never had children, but that's not going to be the case for Sarah. That little letter change is not so much about what the name meant, but just like God said, I'm signifying this. It's going to come through you, Sarah. There's going to be change in your life. Something new is going to happen. Remember, Abraham's 99 years old. Sarah is old. They're very old. Verse 17, it says, Abraham bowed down to the ground and laughed to himself in disbelief. God put a ha in his name. Of course, he's laughing, right? How could I become a father at the age of 100? And how can Sarah have a baby when she is 90? Ha. <laughs> Not happening. In, in, in other translations, it says when she was like dust. Her womb is like dust. Yeah, we're not going to go into the biology of it, but you get it. So God, Abraham said to God, verse 18, May Ishmael live under your special blessing. God, this is great. You're awesome. El Shaddai, God, who can do anything? That's right. Yeah, it was just Ishmael. I get it. I get it. It was close enough. I know what you meant. It's Ishmael, right? And God replies, verse 19, no. No, no, no. Sarah. Sarah, your wife, will give birth to a son for you. And I'm going to tell you his name. His name is going to be Isaac. And I will confirm my covenant, my covenant with him and his descendants as an everlasting covenant. As for Ishmael, I'll bless him also, just as you've asked. I'll make him extremely fruitful, multiply his descendants. He'll become the father of 12 princes. I'll make him a great nation. But, but my covenant will be confirmed with Isaac, who will be born to you and Sarah about this time next year. Right? It's so astounding. You can read later. Sarah, when she hears it, she laughs. <laughs> Abraham's laughing. <laughs> They got, right. This is laughing about this whole thing. And it just shows us, you know, God has a sense of humor because he told them that their son's name is going to be Isaac. Right. Do you know what Isaac means? OK, Isaac means laughter. That's the name. God says, I'm going to name your son laughter. You're laughing. You're laughing. I'm going to give you a son named laughter because here's the deal. You laugh at me, but I'm going to turn that laughter into a testimony. Right. Every time you see your son, you're going to remember that I am El Shaddai. Because this is not possible. It doesn't happen. And what you laugh at as ridiculous and possible will be standing there in front of you every time. Hey, laughter, come here. Hey, my laughter, come here. Hey, my, my laughing miracle, come here. Because God, El Shaddai, did it. Right? This is all before it happened. God has said this is going to happen, and it does. So we got names all over the place, right? Names everywhere. God reveals his name. He changes Abram's name. He changes Sarah's name. He names Isaac. And so the question is this, why? What's the big deal with names? What's so much about names? I won't say who. I was thinking about this. But one of my family members once said that the only good thing about having this, don't, don't, don't judge, don't judge, please. But the only good thing about kids is that you get to name them. And you can name a dog, so why have kids? 
So I was just going to get a dog and name it. All right. They have children now. Let's just say that. So maybe they think differently. But the act of naming, it reveals authority, right? You name something, there's authority. Right? Like, I named this fish. I have authority over this fish. I gave this fish, you know, this fish is named Gil, right? I've named the fish, right? It's power, right? And naming someone, it's a name by which they're going to be known. Our names mean something. Like, your name identifies you with the IRS. It identifies you with your employer or the school, right? With your friends, right? In a phone, you don't just have numbers, right? We have names attached. We don't even know the numbers anymore, right? We have names, right? Names mean something. They identify us. Names become identities, but even more so in their culture, names represented destinies. It was a blessing. It meant what they were going to become. Those names were reminders of what God had promised. Right? Um, hey, so what's your name? Uh, my name is, uh, well, my name used to be just Father, but now it's Father of Multitudes. Every time he said his name, my name is Father of Multitudes. What's your name? My name is Laughter. Well, because my dad laughed because he didn't think that was going to happen. I'm a miracle kid. It's a long story, right? And here's what strikes me most about the names that God gave them. God knew who they were, but called them who they would be. Think about this. God knew who they were, but called them who they would be. Abram, does he have any kids? No. God says, I'm going to now call you father of multitudes. Still doesn't have any kids. Still doesn't have any kids. Right? God saw beyond Abram and Sarah's current reality and gave them new names and he wanted them to now walk in this new identity. And every time they stated their name, they're declaring in faith, what's your name? Well, I am the father of nations. What's your name? I am the father of nations. I am the father of nations. I have no children, but I am the father of nations. You know, you begin to, you begin to sense, something changes when you begin to call yourself that, right? Something actually begins to happen inside you when you realize, my name's been changed. Every time you say you're declaring in faith, God's going to do this. I am the father of, I, I, I'm the father of nations, Right? And then it begins to become a compass. That name becomes a compass that guides you in your decision making. Every time you've got to make a decision, hey, do you want to go to the right or the left? Well, I'm the father of nations, so what I'm going to do is going to impact nations. So I, I, I take my decisions a little more seriously because if i got no kids, it doesn't really matter. Right? Before I had kids, we could do whatever we wanted. Now we've got to make decisions. Right? It changes our decisions because I'm now father of three. Right? They're not... Not nations yet, but the father of... Like, when you recognize I'm the father of nations, there's implications to what you do. That name becomes a guide for you. See, in renaming Abraham and Sarah, God was redefining their identity and transforming their destiny. Okay, so what? Here we go. So what? In leadership, some of you probably... John Maxwell, you know, guru on leaders, says the law of the lid. Anybody ever hear of the law of the lid? Any of you? Nobody? Nobody in the room's heard the law of the lid? Maybe? Okay, three, four, good. Wow, Christopher's heard of it, and he's only seven. Come on. <laughs> law of the lid. You guys need to read more. If you haven't read this stuff, it's great. It basically says the leader sets the limit for the organization. The capacity of the leadership, right, limits the organization. The, the organization cannot outgrow the limits of the leader. Make sense? So in your business, you guys all see this, right? Everybody watch The Office, you understand. You read Dilbert, you understand. Pointy-haired boss, right? Law of the lid. 
The leaders set the limit for an organization. In order for the organization to increase their capacity to grow, the leader has to increase their capacity because they become the lid. There's a limit to it. In our personal lives, we also have a law of the lid. It's not so much about leadership, but it's about faith. See, God spoke to Abram, and he struggled to believe it. He laughed, yeah, right, me, a dad, her, a mom, right? But the end of the story is that a year later, Isaac comes along. And in time, right, Isaac has two children, Jacob and Esau. And Jacob has 12 children, 12 sons, which become the, the sons of Israel, right? The, the, the tribes of Israel. Right? God fulfills his promise to Abraham, right? And it happened. But what if Abraham had said, you know what? I don't believe it, God. This, this can't happen. What if his faith limited God? And he said, you know what? You're telling me I'm the father of nations, but I, I don't have faith for that. I can't believe that, right? What if he hadn't been able to overcome his doubt? Maybe God creates Israel from somebody else, possibly, but we're not talking about Abraham today. Nobody even knows his name, right? That's what happens if Abraham had set the limit. See, the size of our God determines the limits of what God can do in and through us. I can't become what I don't believe God can make me. And I can't do what I don't believe God can accomplish through me. I set the limit, right? There's a law of the lid in my own life in faith. My faith determines what God can do. In order for us to fulfill what God created us to do, we have to believe that he can do it. The only thing that can limit God is the limit I set on him. We understand, right? Law of the lid. All right, makes sense. All right, now, God has never changed my name to Father of Multitudes. I don't know if any of you, anybody, anybody got a Father of Multitudes name? You know, I mean, really, we said just God just added some H's or an H-A, and I thought about it, and that looks, look, the, let's just do this, look, the Haniel, like it doesn't have the same power. It's just, I don't know, do it, add it for yourself. Add, add, a, add a, an H-A in your name, right? Uh, a Andre. Does that work, a Andre? No, I don't know. You know, I don't know. I mean, you can sit there, you know, a Hannah, uh, Hannah, I don't know. Like you can, like, it just doesn't have power. I don't know. I mean, you guys add, add an H.A. to your name. You're all doing it right now inside. You're not saying it out loud. Yeah, and you're like, this sounds ridiculous and stupid. You know? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. So if you already got them, hey, there you go. You're powerful. <laughs> but I believe there are names that God has given to us that are not yet names. See, I believe God has spoken things to us. And he's named us things that are not yet names. They're names that are... He's calling us, but we're not them presently. Do you understand? See, God sees us as we are, but he calls us as we will be. He saw Abraham as he was, but he called him what he would be. I think God does that for all of us. And it's up to us to either accept or reject those names. We can, we can put a limit on it, or we can say, hey, God, I'm going to embrace that. Right? So just listen for a moment. Let me ask you, are any of these names familiar to you? Right? Is your name alone? Right? Hello, my name is alone. I've got no one to walk through this life with. If so, do you know God has a new name for you? God says your, your new name is, is loved. Your new name is loved. You're not alone anymore. Your name is loved. And you may not feel that way now. You might feel like, no, no, I'm alone. But God says, hey, that's who you might be. It might be who you are, but let me tell you, you're loved. Live in this new name now. Right? Maybe... Maybe your name is outsider. Right? You're, you're just, you're a foreigner. You're an outsider. You're not part of the club. You're not part of anybody's club. You don't have deep friendships. 
just feel like an outsider. And, and, and God's got a new name for you. He says your new name is accepted. He says you're, you're accepted here. I see you. I see you. Maybe, maybe your new, is, your, is your name guilty or ashamed? Maybe that's your name right now. You're sitting there and go, yeah, if anybody knew. Nobody knows, but if they knew, if I could name myself something, it would be guilty. Just shame, regret. And God says, hey, i got a new name for you. Your new name is forgiven. Your new name is forgiven. And do you see the power in, in the changing of names? Maybe your name today is abandoned. Nobody, people, nobody's walked with you anymore. They've left you on the roadside. You had, but now you've been forgotten. You're overlooked. You're just sitting there. People are walking without you. And God says, your new name is son, daughter. It's chosen. You are adopted. You are adopted. No longer abandoned. You're adopted. Think about these names. Think about them for you. I know that's simple. It's silly. It's trite. It's a little picture. But there's truth behind this. Is your name doubter? Do you struggle to believe? Are you sitting here today going, yeah, you know, faith. I've just never... I'm, my identity, my name is doubter. That's who I am. I've just always never been able to embrace faith. I'm just a doubter. I can't believe this stuff. And God says, your new name is faithful. Your new name is faithful. Yeah, I'm not faithful. No, no. He doesn't call you what you are. He calls you what you will be. He says, I know that you're struggling with this, but I know that you're going to get there. Is your name indebted? You owe and you owe big. God says, your new name is redeemed. It's paid for. It's done. Is your name broken? Damaged goods. You don't know what's happened to me, Pastor Dan. I don't, and I know God does. But God says, your new name is whole and healed. That might not be your current reality, but he says, your new name is whole. Your new name is healed. It's restored. Is your name stained, ruined, damaged goods? God says your new name is spotless, pure, and holy. I don't feel that way. It doesn't matter. God says you're going to be holy. Every one of us, every one of us, this is us. Every one of us right now stained. That's, hey, welcome to the world, right? How do you stay, how do you stay clean in a, in, a, in a dirty world? You don't. You get dirty all the time, every single day. But God says, hey, I look at you and I call you holy. I call you pure and spotless. Is your name sick, dying, and hopeless? God says your new name is thriving, alive, and eternal. See, God is a God of transformation. It's just not like, hey, I'll tweak you a little bit. I'll add a little, these couple letters to your name. It's a complete recreation of your identity. See, Abram was almost all of these things. He was old. He was alone. He was away from his family. He was a foreigner, right? He was an outsider. He was a nomad. He had no land to call his own. He was doubtful. He was disbelieving. And God said, that may be who you are, but who you will be is father of nations. Who you will be is blessing to the world. That's not who you are right now, but I don't see you as you are and call you as you are. I call you who you will be. See, today there are names that we may be hanging on to. And God says, hey, just want to let you know, I'm El Shaddai. I'm the God who can do anything. I'm telling you, in your life, I'm doing something new, and I'm going to call you by a new name. So the question for us is very simple this morning. Are you willing to lay aside the old name? Because we talk about it, but God wants to call us what we will be, not what we are. If you will, see, God's going to take care of his part. Every time... You know, somebody calls you by your old name. There's going to be this, this moment. Hey, 
right? Hey, failure, come over here, right? They make you feel that way. Every time they, every time they, they just weigh on you and try and make you feel guilty or, you know, there's people that just try and make you feel lousy. They, they attack you. They accuse you. They just remind you of everything that you do wrong. Right? They're just trying to put you down. And every time those names come back, God just says, hey, just remember, I've called you forgiven, holy. You're my son. You're my daughter. You're my child. Right? You're eternal. Right? These are the names he has given us. You're going to be whole. You're going to be faithful. He's a God of transformation. So. This morning, I want to encourage you, remind yourself regularly who God says you are, right? The name God gives you is a reminder of what he has promised. It's a declaration of faith that he's going to do it. It's a compass that will guide you. I am faithful. That's my name. I know I'm not living faithful, but God is calling me faithful, and I want to step into this new thing. I want to step into this new identity. And today, I think it's fitting we talked, you know, Shana shared and we, we talked about this stepping out into a new name. She's not there yet. But God is calling her by this new thing. So she's willing to step out into that. I don't know what it looks like, but you're doing something new in me. She's acting today like what he's promised her tomorrow is, is a done deal. And these names, they change us. You know, if you know your name is loved, then you're never alone. No matter how quiet the night might be. If you know your name is accepted the approval of others loses its power over you. Right? It changes things when you have that name, right? When you know your name is different, it changes things. If your name is forgiven, the guilt and shame of your past can't hold you. My name's forgiven. Shame, go away. Shame, go away. Shame pushes us away. It isolates us. My name is forgiven. God says, I don't owe anymore. If, your name, if, if, if I know my name is the Son of God, that makes you and all the believers everywhere my family. Guess what? We're brothers and sisters, right? Like, we're family and I know that, and it changes my perspective because I know what God's calling me, right? If you know, if we know that our name is faithful, we can have the confidence that the weakness in us today will not stop us from pressing on until tomorrow. Come on, this is a good one. Seriously, that the weakness in us, that is not our name. We will be called faithful. This one's just hitting me. Faithful. God calls us faithful. Do you feel faithful? Because I do not feel faithful. There are, I feel like I'm failing constantly. There's so many things I should be doing better, and I'm not. And God says, I don't call you what you are. I call you what you will be. If you know that your name is redeemed, no matter how much you owe, God's got a bank account big enough to cover it. If your name is whole, the brokenness in you has an expiration date. That brokenness in you has an expiration date. There's going to come a day where God's going to say, healed, whole, complete, no more brokenness. We know our name is spotless. We can shout for joy that the stain of our sin is not permanent. If we know our name is eternal, then we have no fear of death. And we can face every day with hope, knowing that the best is yet to come. And it's important that we need to hear today who God says we are. Because there's so many people telling us what we are. There's so many people that want to name us, that want to give us names, that want to tell us, oh, you're this, you're that. Define us by what we're doing, by all these kind of things. And God says, hey, I have a name for you. I have a name for you. God wants to do something new in each one of us. And perhaps for you, one of the most important steps towards you walking into that something new is accepting the name that he has for you. It's got to start with you. It's got to start with what he's calling you. 
Do not limit what God wants to do in and through you. You have no idea. We have no idea what we are forfeiting when we settle. If Abraham had said, this is good enough, I'm going to settle. What was he forfeiting? And today we're going to close by sharing communion with each other. And communion is something that's done corporately. You can't do communion alone. <laughs> kind of, diff- diff- right? doesn't work. Can't be like, hey, I'm going to have communion by myself. No, it kind of needs people, right? And there's something, why would God want us to do communion? He tells us, hey, do communion. We do this once a month, and why do we do communion? We do it regularly, but it's a reminder. But there's something about the corporate act of communion. There's something, I mean, look around. There's people here. We're doing this together in community. There's something about communion. It's the great equalizer. It's because no matter how rich you are or how poor you are, no matter how old or how young, no matter how smart or not, no matter your competence level, your ability, no matter who you are, where you are, what you are, it doesn't matter. We all need Jesus. Communion is the great equalizer of humanity. We all come to the table recognizing it's a symbolic meal. It's just, it's really not even a meal. We had pancakes this morning. You're going to get a little cracker. It's gluten-free, in case anybody's curious. And a little cup of juice is just enough to make you want to drink a whole bucket of it because you just, just a little taste. It's symbolic. But the point of this is that when you come to the table, we all recognize that the world has put names on us. And what Jesus has done is said, hey, I got a new name for you. But my new name isn't so much what you are, it's what you will be. It's a not yet name, but it is. But act like it now. Act like it now, because it is true now. It's a now, but not yet fully reality. They call it the now, not yet. Now it's a reality, but it's not just not yet fully. I am forgiven, but I'm, I'm still in my stuff. But someday I will be forgiven completely and I will have no more pain. I'm healed right now, right? I'm a whole, in, in, as, as whole as a human can be, right? We're whole. But guess what? There's going to come a point where I am really whole. No more pain, no more sorrow, no more suffering, no more sin in me. God says, I'm going to give you new names. And we all, when we take communion collectively, we're all agreeing together, we need new names. We need Jesus. I need forgiveness. I need, to, I need this reminder. I need this regular reminder that he died for me. That I'm nothing on my own. But that he's given me forgiveness. He's given me grace. And he's sealed it. It's a promise. I can, I can receive it and I can be confident in it. That's what God is doing for me. And that there's, there's, oh, there's hope. Oh, is there hope? When we eat together, it's a, it's, it's a promise that someday there's going to be, oh, it's going to be a feast. It's paradise. Right? The best is yet to come. Right? This life is just, a, it's just an appetizer. There's nothing. It's just a little cup of juice compared to what we're going to have in heaven. Some of you tonight, you're going to eat. And you need to just repent now for what you're going to do tonight. See, this is just a little bit. This life is just a teaser compared to what's to come. See, God is this, he doesn't see time the way we see it. We're so stuck in the moment. I'm broken. I'm alone. I owe. I'm a failure. Name after name of what I am. And God says, "Uh uh-uh. Let me remind you, first and foremost, I'm El Shaddai. I'm the God of all power. 
God who can do anything. And I'm telling you that you have a new name. And your new name is holy, set apart. You will be a blessing to the whole world. Nations are going to come from you. You impact eternity for other people. You will be healed and whole and restored and redeemed, forgiven, washed new, empowered. God says, these are the names I'm giving you.